angel. 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 Look it. Look it. Look it. A good omens, Bodvik, written by the Serpent of Edom and read by Jupp. Summary. In which Crawley has questions about what his brand new corporation is doing, and Aziraphil wishes he'd studied the pamphlet more carefully. Or the trouble with reality shaping itself to your ethereal slash occult expectations. When you don't know what to expect, anything can happen. Angel! Aziraphale! Crawley came crushing through the underbrush, wrestling with tree branches and vines and making a hell of a commotion. Aziraphale spotted him from a distance, which made for change. Normally Crawley was graceful and quiet as a deer, and in any form he was prone to sneaking up on things. The animals, the birds, the humans. Aziraphale. Which should have been irritating, because Aziraphale didn't like being snuck up on. But for some reason he made an exception for the wily demon, whose unexpected appearances always made him smile. There was nothing unexpected about him this time. He stumbled into the clearing, wings extended for balance, walking with an even stranger gait than usual. Angel! Oi! Angel! 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 Crawley hollered impatiently. Where'd you get to? Over here, Aziraphale replied from his new favorite pondering rock. It was the perfect angle for reclining and watching the lake, or lying back and following the birds in the sky. It was always warmed by the morning sun, and it had the memory of that heat as the shade of the olive tree overhead protected it from the swelter of late afternoon. The edge of a shallow stream was just within reach for the dipping of toes. Best of all, there were persimmons, pomegranates and grapes growing close by. They helped with prayerful meditation. Crawley gangled up to the rock now, uncharacteristically clumsy. Look it! Look it! Look it! he demanded, eyes wide wings twitching. The demon planted his feet, yanked his rope up to his chest, and thrust his torso clumsily towards the angel. Oh, my, said Aziraphale. His smile was startled away. Look it, Crawley said again. That's, uh, what's it doing? I don't exactly... Does yours do that? Crawley asked, looking down over his bunched ropes at his bobbing, stiff, his, his... Aziraphale tried to remember what it had been called in the Earth Orientation pamphlet, considering how important all of that business seemed to be with Adam and Eve, and most of the animals, there had been surprisingly little information provided. Mine hasn't done anything interesting, Aziraphale told him. 
It looks red. Yeah, kinda red and weird. Crawley's hair fell over his shoulder as he leaned over even more to study the oddity up close. It grew a lot. Is it still growing, you think? Here, watch up. He vanished his wings and sat on the rock next to a Xerophil to offer a better view. A Xerophil scooted over to make room, though it fluffed his feathers a bit that he'd been ordered rather than asked. But then Crawley always forgot his manners when he got curious about something, which was several times a day. Can I see yours? Crawley asked. I beg your pardon? Aziraphale exclaimed. To compare. For a few seconds, Aziraphale struggled to think of a reason to say no. But when he couldn't, he let his legs dangle off the edge of his perch and lifted his ropes. Oh, you don't have one, Crawley lamented. Oh, no, I do. I only forget about it sometimes. And Zerofield's face screwed up as he made a bit of a mental effort and his... His... whatever it was... He really should have studied that pamphlet more thoroughly. At any rate, it returned. And it looked almost nothing like Crawley's. Fascinating, said Aziraphale. They were alike yesterday, weren't they? At the hot springs. As far as I could tell, did anything in particular initiate this transformation? See, that's what I can't figure out. Crawley threw his rope off completely and crossed his legs. The thing bobbed comically, pointing at the sun. I was hanging out with the tree snakes again, practicing sloth with the very best, when it just started swelling up like a balloon. What's a balloon? It's like this. He said, pointing to the long, turgid protuberance. Only it fills with air instead of, I don't know, demon juice. Oh, like the grouse, Xerophil realized, relieved to remember a natural precedent for this bizarre turn of events. He patted his own neck. They do that too, only right here. What? I haven't seen a grouse yet. I wonder if this is like that. The demon tilted his head, momentarily captivated with Aziraphale's throat. As he stared, the oddity swaying over his groin swelled even more, in diameter as well as in length. The sight of it growing made Aziraphale feel very strange. It was hard to look away. So the snakes, did they bite you? He asked. Nah, didn't even touch me. Could an insect have bitten you? Or did you come in contact with a, a plant with some sort of irritant? No, I was just relaxing. I was watching the snakes cuddling. 
getting friendly with each other, all twisty like they do. And then it felt weird right here. He poked at the thatch of curly red hair between his legs. And then it felt weirder, so I had a look. And when I touched it, it stood right up, like a mad cat's tail. And then I came to find you. Me? Aziraphale asked. Why me? Crawley shrugged and leaned back on one hand. You answer my questions. Aziraphale was not entirely sure that was what he was supposed to be doing for the only demon in the garden, but she couldn't help smiling. Crawley grinned back and then poked his own bulging, what was it called again, with one finger. It bounced back and forth, springy and resilient as a birch branch, before coming to rest at a cockeyed angle, aiming right at Crawley's sharp chin. Funny-looking thing, he said. So, what's it doing? What makes you think I would know? You got training on the corporation. I was just booted up here as a giant snake, Crawley complained. You knew all about toenails when I asked you, and knees, and eyelids. Well, I thought you already knew what this... what this was called, Aziraphale said, blushing, hoping Crawley might be baited into revealing the answer. Yeah, it's a cock, Crawley declared proudly, sitting up straight. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Aziraphale shook his head. That's not it. Thought it was. I distinctly remember that cocks are the shouty marching birds with claws. You remember, they're very, uh, territorial. The demon looked doubtful, so Aziraphale tried again. They go sort of... As he tentatively imitated a sound, he felt his dignity draining. Aziraphale knew all about cocks after an unfortunate encounter with a hen near the Tree of Life. Not a cock, then. Not a cock. Huh. What is it, then? Crawley looked down at the thing, which seemed to be straining to reach his purely decorative navel. It twitched. Aziraphale had been hoping... Not to come to this point, he racked his brain. Uh, um, it's a fem... Uh, Felpus, if I recall. Felpus, that's a stupid name, Crawley scoffed. Some of the other parts down there have even stranger ones, let me tell you, Aziraphale countered. A little defensively. Oh, so what's that? Without hesitation, Crawley reached over and grabbed a handful of Aziraphale's flesh. He wasn't rough with it, not in the least, but it was surprising. 
Aziraphale flushed hot all over, even though they were in dappled shade. It's a, a scrotum, I believe, said Aziraphale, more sure of the answer. Containing two balls. Crawley felt around, wiggling his fingers. Balls? Those balls are called balls. They are. Or testicles. Crawley laughed and let him go. You're making this up, aren't you? You have no idea. I am not. You don't just call balls balls. And no way is scrotum a real word. Well, we didn't get quizzed on this part. I do feel quite certain about the balls, though, Aziraphale insisted. He did not, regrettably, feel at all certain about Felpus. Maybe it was Pelthus? He looked down at his own assortment of goods and shifted uncomfortably. They were getting rather pink. He could still feel Crawley's hand there, a hot, undulating pressure. The more he looked, the more some looseness rolled on his skin. No, it was loose and tight at the same time. It was a totally bewildering array of sensations. As if given permission after a long wait, Aziraphale's falpers seemed to relax and let go, falling out of the cradle of his scrotum and listing to the sight of his balls. There, see? Crawley exclaimed. That's how it started. Oh my! Alarm and embarrassment rushed through Aziraphale, but that only seemed to accelerate the process before his eyes. The delicate, crap-wrinkled roll stretched out just a little, still slack, not yet tight or firm. But it was unmistakably longer than before. Huh, now yours has set mine off again, too. Aziraphale looked back at Crawley's crotch. His falpers had been starting to list, but it was now writing itself standing up taller than before. It was easily a full handspan now, and twitching every few seconds. How big is it supposed to get? Crawley wondered. Um, Aziraphale felt a distinct twitch of his own. Do you think we're supposed to, I don't know, water it or something? Feed it. Feed it? You feed growing things, right? No, Aziraphale cried in dismay. You don't feed it. Crawley just laughed at him. Seaman got a little mouthy thing there. He pinched the texture top a few times, as if to make it talk. But then he gasped, his jaw dropping and shocked. He yanked his hand away and scrumped all over. The wrinkled skin at the top of the thing suddenly gave way, and a red, barbless head sprouted from the tip. The angel and the demon yelped in unison.
Did that hurt? Aziraphale asked. No. Yes. Both. Something. Crawley leaned back on his elbows and let his head weave back and forth, snake-like, surveying his falpers with suspicion now. Remember those ears I showed you? Unlike those. Aziraphale remembered being shown the ears. Aziraphale had not liked being shown the ears. You mean a shock? Yeah, a shock, I guess. Why I was touching it. Looks almost like a plant now, doesn't it? Almost, hmm, like a tulip, really. Which are those? The ones that look like that, obviously. Crawley answered. Looks more like your pink ass when you're getting in the lake. Then, apparently inspired, he blew more puffs of air experimentally at the smooth, heart-shaped crown. It was shiny as a wet river rock. I wonder if this happens to Adam, Aziraphale mused aloud. Um, he cleared his throat. <clears throat> well, that's the ineffable purpose of these, these implements. So we can likely assume that this process is part of it all. Crawley blinked at him. Procreation, Aziraphale told him. Crawley blinked twice. Being a snake, this did not come naturally to him. So he must have been very confused indeed. You're talking like you think Hell told me anything about what's going on up here, he said after a few seconds. Aziraphale plucked nervously at his ropes where they piled up around his waist. Had you not noticed Adam and Eve using their, uh, respective when they, um, Embrace, and... Oh, when they do that grunty thing. Precisely. That the other creatures do too. And with the cuddling, and the mounting, and the biting, and the axe, and the blood, and the squishing. Aziraphale waved his hands rapidly. Yes, yes, like all that. It's to make more of themselves. Don't I know it? The Jarvis have been doing a bang-up job. Dozens of new ones a day, seems like. But are you saying that this, Crawley said, pointing to his thickening falpers, is for that? How's that part of the plan? Well, you've seen how they do it. Not up close. They never do it when I'm around, do they? I've only seen this thing used for the eating and drinking stuff. The... the results, you know, the parts we skip. Reproduction is the falpus and scrotum's other purpose, Aziraphale told him, feeling relieved that he knew. It's called sets. Crawley side-eyed him. You're sure you're not making up words? It's called having sets, 
Aziraphale went on confidently. And they have it with the... with the... these parts. They are between the legs accoutrements. How's it work, then? So many questions, Aziraphale fretted. The truth was that thinking about Adam and Eve having sets was making his own accoutrements rage for his knee entirely of its own accord. Yeah, kind of my thing questions. Never could stop, never will. You can't just say you don't know when you don't. Crawley ignored Aziraphale's buttered protests and kicked out his legs, letting his feet hang free, supporting himself on one hand. Have you seen the humans go all grunty up close? Only from the wall, Aziraphale admitted. Why in heaven's name had the training materials been so unenlightening about an activity the humans spent so many hours and calories pursuing? The bit about the digestive system had been very thorough. So thorough that Gabriel and certain other virtues and principalities preferred to leave the room rather than listen to the whole of Raphael's presentation. While these frustrations worried him, and the alien thing between his legs continued to collect heat, Crawley was working on a plan of attack to broach the taut red tip again, despite the shock it had given him before. It was on a level with his nipples now, and nearly as big as an apple. It is kind of like a flower. Like a succulent, really. It's got a stem and a root, in a manner of speaking. Wonder if the topple open up later. He touched the gaping aperture at the very crest and flinched. Oh, sensitive thing. <laughs> he tried brushing fingertips down the side, past branching veins. That touch appeared to be less overwhelming, so Crawley encircled the stalk carefully, closing in on it as if it might be spooked and running away. His hand reached most of the way around. The demon's gaze was sharp, and his forehead was wrinkled with focused curiosity. Aziraphale stared into his dandelion eyes and tranced. Taking a deep breath, Crawley twisted his hand experimentally. His eyebrows flew up and his eyes opened wide, and a choked ink sound escaped his open mouth. Immediately, Crawley got a firmer grip and dragged his hand down towards the road. He seemed to be formulating a plan based on his research. Looking down into his own lap, Aziraphale saw his much smaller, what on earth was it called? Valpus definitely sounded wrong by now. Vampus? Phallus? Whatever it was, it was lifting up and away from his leg, nodding to itself, stiffening up. Aziraphale blanched. He didn't want it to get as big as Crawley's. That seemed rather a hindrance to, well, 
to most of the activities he enjoyed in the garden, not to mention his duties on the wall. He silently directed it, in no uncertain terms, to halt its advance. Oh, 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 angel, Crawley moaned in a thick voice, claiming a zero of its attention once again. Crawley was sitting forward, using both hands to try the downward drag maneuver a second time. His lips parted, his eyes closed, and his head fell back as he experienced the results. Aziraphale was familiar with the expression. That much he could see from the wall. Crawley drew his palms upwards, stretching out the skin below, and then pushed down again. This time the stalk lurched and swelled, growing taller still, and a pearl of dew appeared at the tip. Oh, that, that really made it take off, Crawley said in a husky voice. He was breathing hard. What did you expect? Aziraphale silently resolved not to touch his own, not until he knew what was going on. Don't know what to expect. That's the whole point. What if it just keeps getting bigger? Crawley pressed its rosy sides reassuringly, as if soothing it, and carefully adjusted his testicles beneath it. You know, maybe it's meant to be like the bamboo forests. Who's to say? Psh! Crawley tossed his long hair and made an explosive rushing noise to express how rapidly the green shoots grew into trees. It seemed this shoot of Crawley's was doing just that. Maybe you shouldn't encourage it, Aziraphale said, biting his lip. It likes it, Crawley said, rubbing up and down it again. Maybe. That's weird. Doesn't feel quite like anything else. But it's, it's nearly as long as your arm. Well, I am a giant snake, remember? What if it stays like this? Crawley turned and gave him a wry smirk. Thought it was all part of the ineffable purpose of a corporation. I suppose, Aziraphale glanced in the direction of the woods. I suppose if all the animals have, have already been... Well, it can't stay that way all the time, or we'd have noticed. Oh, right, the animals. <laughs> that notion made Crawley laugh with the delight of comprehension, as was breaking into falsetto. That's where I've seen this before. Just didn't recognize it. Where? Crawley freed up his hand to gesture as he talked. Apparently he needed them that much when he was excited. You know, those... Oh, bless it. So many names. It's those big... um, The big goats. What's the big goats? Cows? Duffalo, Aziraphale suggested. 
Duffalo? Are they the three head guys? Oh, you mean deer? Yeah, no, bigger than deer. Humpy root boys. Fsk. Elk? Moose. Crony shouted triumphantly. It's moose. Saw them doing the cutter grunt thing. And if what I saw was the moose's. moose's. his falpus, that got all. like. He shook his head and whistled, flinging his hands wide. Yeah, that thing started out invisible, but it got huge when it woke up. Crowley, Aziraphale said, pointing at the blushing appendage that was visibly thickening with each passing moment. And those stampy, angry brutes. Oh, Crowley remembered. The gosses. Horses. Horses, then. Not even the tall ones, the little guys. It was like that bloke had a whole big, fat, black snake attached. Just like, and and it was even bigger. The falpus stretched, burgeoning and throbbing, all the way up past Crowley's chin. He beheld it greedily with a lascivious grin of pride. Several cents. All in one go, a coup for any hellion. Aziraphale paled and clutched his crotch, squeezing the whole assortment of squishy goods together as best as he could. The offending member pulsed against his wrist like it had a heartbeat, stiff and yet pliant, hot and uncomfortable and strange. Touching it did feel something like the shock of an eel, a sensation almost too intense to process. But at least it was not behaving like Crawley's. Not yet, anyway. Crawley nodded determinedly and wrapped his hands round the trunk of the giant thing. His thumbs couldn't touch any more. And he started working it up and down, squeezing hard, starting a steady rhythm. He did not appear confused about what it wanted any more. But the task looked rather onerous, and his neck and shoulders tensed mightily with the effort. Sweat glistened on his back. A smattering of black scales were creeping up his legs and along his spine, shiny obsidian stars. At first it was shocking that Crawley would stick out his skinny forked tongue and lick it. But then, Zirafi reminded himself, Crawley would often unconsciously let his tongue hang out when he was investigating the garden's many wonders. It had to be part of his serpentine nature. Whatever he was tasting clearly agreed with him as he sounded a gleeful, guttural bray, and filled his mouth with all of it he could reach. His eyes closed to shut out the world. Um, said Aziraphale. The angel was discovering whole new dimensions of embarrassment. For an alarming moment he wondered if the massive thing might burst or fall off. 
orb suddenly shoot across the clearing and outgrow its owner entirely. Orb hell only knew what else, and that was about when Aziraphale caught himself unconsciously grinding his own hips against his trembling hand. Appalled, he shook his head to clear it and forced himself to stop, even though seizing made his corporation shiver all over in protest. He told himself to pull his arm away, to stop touching, but his skin felt like it might vaporize off his bones if he did so. For a masterpiece purportedly designed to her purpose, human corporations were capable of some awfully distressing extremities. Crawley gave a muffled roar and tipped over onto his back, bracing himself with his heels and thrusting into his own straining arms. He looked dissatisfied, shuddering, groaning and gasping in erratic bursts, still pumping as hard as he could to make his falpers do something. He bared his teeth and bit into the base of the bulbous head, growling like a lion. Are you all right, Crawley? Aziraphale asked, his voice cracking desperately. Do you need help? And heaven help him, no matter what Aziraphale directed his limbs to do, he couldn't stop pressing urgently against the fist planted between his legs. Crawley turned his head to look right at Aziraphale with white pupils and a wild, fey expression. The churning rhythm of his arms quickened and his shaggy hips arched into the air. Oh, what is Angel? The demon groaned, visibly reaching some infernal breaking point. He licked his lips. Must I? Aziraphale squeaked. But when Crawley's mighty red falpus suddenly fluttered and palpitated all on its own, when Crawley's mouth opened in a silent yowl, when his body made a bridge of itself and a crystalline aqueous jet bursts against the olive tree with a startling splat, Aziraphale couldn't look away for all the fruit in the garden. He was thrilled and fascinated. He was overcome. His whole corporation felt lifted into the moment, rising and opening along with Crawley's, boiling off every bit of hot, agitated pressure until all was buzzing, weightless relief. His muscles ceased and then relaxed all at once. The mortification and worry that had got him so worked up blossomed into a sublime sense of surrender and peace. Somehow he knew the ordeal was over. And he would be fine. Crawley would be fine. It was all part of her perfect plan. How could anything their corporations naturally wanted be wrong? Strange though these physical forms were, she'd designed them. Aziraphale sighed contentedly and slumped where he sat, and the only thing that troubled him any longer was 
that his wrist had somehow got all slimy. Crawley was gulping air and laughing hoarsely with whatever strength he had left. His vertebrae seemed to re-engage with gravity one at a time, till he was bonelessly sprawled across a zero-field sunning rock with his red curls fanned out around him. He was the picture of bliss, and very pretty for a creature of hell. Although the monstrosity he'd cultivated that afternoon did look strange sprawled over his belly. It was nearly as thick as his torso, if soft and wrinkly, where the rest of the demon was angular and swelled. The tulip head seemed to have spent itself and retreated, its part in the scene apparently played. The mighty trunk slackened and sagged. Crawley embraced his falpus. Vampus? Botheration! In his arms, hugging it to his chest and looking utterly satisfied. Even the humming energy of his ever-burning curiosity had subsided for the moment. That's nice, Crowley said hoarsely when he was finally ready to speak. Seeing them doing this part sometimes, the holding after, he squeezed himself heartily and exhaled from the depths of his lungs. Aziraphale wasn't sure they'd experienced the same thing, and he certainly didn't want the burden of such a, an, an endowment, but he did feel faintly jealous of the holding. It did look nice, like the natural thing to do after. Adam and Eve would do it for hours. Now he thought he understood why. Of course, jealousy was unangelic, so Zerapir banished the feeling and sat up properly. He adjusted his robes and tried to return to his usual contemplative appreciation of her creation. She was creative. He had to give her that. What do you think, Angel? Crawley drawled lazily. Can I give it a try one of these days? Aziraphale bit his lip and blinked rapidly, searching for, not a lie, surely, but a dignified answer. I'm, I don't know whether it's quite to my taste, at least not in the exact way that you, um, with a huge smile, Crawley stretched and flexed his whole form before letting his muscles unwind again. You're missing out, I'm telling you. That's what you said about the eels. Was I wrong? They stung. And now you know what stinging feels like, and life's more interesting. Crawley! You didn't like the taste of peppers at first, did you? And then, after a while, you did. Shocky ears don't compare to eating peppers. Sure they do. 
the demon yawned, and his tongue made the most fascinating conicue. They are new. Everything's new. It's interesting. The ponderous Falpus was already shrinking to a more moderate size, and seemed altogether likely to end its journey where it began. An innocuous little dangling up of flesh. Perhaps Aziraphale fretted overmuch. Strange as it seemed, he could take a lesson from the demon when it came to faith in her grand design. Crawley! Aziraphale cut himself off and shook his head fondly at his companion. There was a large blob of felpic liquid caught in his copper hair. But Crawley appeared to be drifting out of reach in that funny way he did most afternoons. The corporation stayed, but the rest of him mysteriously went elsewhere for a while. He made the strangest claims about the process. Perhaps there was something to those as well. At any rate, Aziraphale could tell him about the goop in his hair later. Or not tell him at all. He wasn't sure why that idea made him smile. Lies, even lies of omission, weren't supposed to be fun. They were supposed to be bad. But would the idea occur to an angel at all if it were a bad one? There was a lot to learn in the garden. Aziraphale sniffed the musky stuff drying on his arm, tensing his neck and screwing up his face, because it was very strange after all, and it might be like eels, and it might be like feppers, and who could know in advance? He timidly stuck his tongue out, mustering all a warrior's courage to give it a try. The end.